start officially <clears throat> yes yes let me let me adjust my tie and i'll be ready to start off <laughs> the video is not being recorded just the audio so don't worry good <laughs> uh yeah you can pretend you can you can tell everyone you have a tux on you got a tuxedo welcome to this might be a podcast i'm your host greg simpson and we're coming to you live from warsaw poland just kidding i'm still in indiana but we've got Maciek. Maciek Taubert in Warsaw, Poland, is going to talk to me about the They Might Be Giants song, I've Got a Match, off of Lincoln. Get out of the car, put down the phone, take off that me one more time Well, I guess that I'm gonna die no matter what Love people are there The smell of love is everywhere You think it's always sensitive and good You think that I want to be understood I've got a match your embrace and my Hello. All righty. How are you doing? I'm I'm hunky dory. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I hope that's a David Bowie reference. Of course it is. Um, yes. <laughs> I actually did a David Bowie tribute like a couple months after he died. We put together a, a tribute, my band, and then some other people, and it was incredibly difficult because, like they might be giants, David Bowie plays he played songs in pretty much any style or genre that he wanted, which makes it very hard to learn a hour-long set of his songs because they are all different. I'm a huge Bowie fan, for Did one. Did you play a, a concert or recorded? Yeah, we played we, we played a couple, yeah, and I was listening to I recorded, we had some video, but I recorded the audio. It was super fun. Uh, and Outdoor Valor's last album, the, our last album of original songs, was called Face the Strange. Off the lyric from Changes. Oh, so. yeah. I, I was wondering where, where the ch 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 Changes came from. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the first... Well, the first track on the album is uh, instrumental. And, like, what do you call an instrumental song? It's always hard to come up with a title. So we called it ch 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 Changes. <laughs> I was a bit disappointed not to hear a, a David Bowie cover, but uh, I'm looking forward well, to a tribute <laughs> album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we we actually recorded that in changes. We were recording even before we did the tribute. I feel like we somehow like jinxed him, and because we released the album "Face the Strange" two months to the day before he died. So we released the album in November of 2015, and then in January of 2016 he died. I'm like, I'm like, I was going through this like obsessive David Bowie listening spree. And and then he died, and I'm like, I totally, I killed David Bowie. <laughs> well, you know that might be right. He heard your album, and he decided, okay, now I'm ready to become a black star. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> my life is complete. This this no name guy in the U.S. has uh, paid homage in his the title of his album. I can I can die happy. <laughs> Perhaps it was just so. so <laughs> So, Warsaw, you are six hours ahead of me. So right now, it's nine 9.50 p.m. for you, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So what? Um, how's the weather over there? Seriously, though, is it fucking freezing where you're at? Not freezing. It's about. It's like three to seven degrees above uh, zero uh, Celsius, of course. And Celsius, yes. Yes, and uh, it's it's actually bearable. It sounds like it's around the same as it is here right now, because in, Fa- in Fahrenheit, in Fahrenheit, like 32 degrees is about freezing, and we're about at 40 degrees, so it sounds like we got pretty similar weather. It's kind of been rainy over here, actually, not snowy. Yeah, I'm here. But, we, had yeah. Snow, uh, we had snow on Christmas, and that was it. Well, that's that's a good day for snow. Well, so, better than any other. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't have to work usually, you know, unless you're... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who has to work on Christmas. I feel bad for those people. Um, so, what? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How? Um, well, before we get into they might be giant stuff. Just just tell the listeners a little bit about about yourself, like what you're doing there, like what uh, I don't. I don't even know if you're. Uh, so, I think you're you're working or you're in school or what? what what's up there? Oh, thank you. No, I'm working, <laughs> and uh, I work in. You just seem so young. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm, no, I'm definitely too old for school uh, and happy to be through with that. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, I work in video production, basically. Well, I'm nice. I, I work where I can find work and I'm currently in video production. I'm, I, I like to call myself a hack of all trades. Okay. And um, is your, do you have a degree in that kind of stuff? Visual. Well, Almost. That's why I'm. I, I am a hack of all trades, not a jack, yeah. uh, because uh, I never finished <laughs> I any see. school. I'm really good at starting schools, not at finishing them. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's kind of the plight of a lot of, uh, especially people that are like slightly younger than me. It seems like um, it's hard to decide what you want to do, mostly because you don't know where you're going to be able to get a job after. It's just very hard to find employment these days. I, I, I got kind of lucky that, I mean, going into music education, you know, you go to school for music education. It's like, you're going to become a music teacher. Like that's like, that's the job you're, you're, you're training for one very specific job. And I've been lucky to, I, I, I went for two years where I was between jobs and couldn't find one. And I did like studio stuff, you know, I was doing mostly recording studio stuff and private lessons. But other than that, I've been pretty lucky for uh, 13 out of the past 15 years since I graduated to be able to be a music teacher. So, how long have you been doing the video production stuff? And like, what kind of what what kind of stuff are you are you videoing, <laughs> filming? Um, currently, I'm uh, editing infomercials, which is a dream come true for me because. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, really. I was. I, I grew up watching this stuff, and when you know, when the People's Republic of Poland collapsed, and uh, all this uh, capitalist uh, economy with the commercial and ads, and of course infomercials with that, right here, that was like a glimpse of a different world. And wow. uh, so, so what years? What year are we talking here? That 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 all that stuff went down because we Americans don't pay attention to anyone other than ourselves unless it affects us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was uh, 1989, I believe. And, yeah. Uh, okay. 
after that, uh, the, the 90s were a tough time. Uh, for, well, not as tough for, as for North Korea or something like that. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were talking about the, you know, when all the when the wall went down and all that stuff, or if this was something else, because I'm not great at history either, unless it's music history. So, so around then, we're, that's, you know, as a result of that, that's when all the, the infomercials came through when the wall went down. <laughs> yes, and everyone was... Uh, <laughs> Everyone was looking at them and was thinking, are those people serious? Is this what we fought for? Is this the democracy we were promised? And, uh, <laughs> and apparently we, we, found, we found, you know, distance and uh, started to savor the irony. And uh, we, including me, and I can uh, edit it now and be proud of it. So, uh, yeah, that's it. But uh, yeah, otherwise, I do, you know, commercial stuff. Uh, sometimes I help my friends with some... You know, more more of an more of artsy stuff like doing making of videos and, and stuff like that. Nice, um, cool. Yeah, so yeah, I, I keeps me off the streets. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it, it, when you were talking, that it kind of reminded me of. Um, I don't know if you get any shows off of uh, the FX network over there. Are you familiar with the show The Americans? I mean, it's about Russian spies who are living in America. Have you seen this? No, I'm not familiar with it at all. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's an American show, but it's about, like, the main characters are Russian spies that basically craft their whole identities and, like, have a family, have kids in uh, in Washington, D.C., and all this. I mean, you're, like, you're on the side of the Russian... Well, that's what kind of makes it an interesting show, is that you're on the side of the, uh, the, the, the Russian people, because they're the main uh, characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, the hell is that actress's name? Um, the woman in it is, has been in some things you might have seen. But anyway, uh, it, like the the husband ends up getting out of the spy game because he kind of learns to like like the he he becomes he likes the American way of life and he likes owning his like uh, Thunderbird or whatever he's <laughs> his car his car in his suburban house and and going to play like squash at the local. Uh, you know fitness club and all this it's it's like hey i like the american way of life and the, and the wife is still like crush america <laughs> it's kind of interesting it takes place in the 80s is what i was saying um and it's kind of coming up on like this the last season was when like gorbachev was coming into power and even the russians were like do we want this do we like gorbachev or do we not um so it's pretty interesting i don't know you, i'm sure you can find it online somewhere you know Illegally, yes, <laughs> probably illegal site. We don't get effects in in Poland. Yeah, oh, there's a lot of good stuff on there. To get to, uh, they might be giants. How did you become a fan of they might be giants? There, growing growing up in Poland, what, what was your first uh, exposure to them? How old were you? What uh, what kind of songs or album did you hear first? Tell us about your fandom. Uh, I must have been in my twenties early 20s and I discovered they might be giants entirely by accident because they are a phenomenon unheard of in Poland um, hmm. and uh, ser- seriously no one ever mentions them and you know I recently I've stumbled upon some Polish people who oh yeah I've heard of them uh, but yeah. uh, you know to find a fan it's still very hard uh, so if there's anyone listening please contact me I'm very lonely um, <laughs> that, that's not true. I have great social support network around me, but uh, anyway, keep, uh, 
would be nice to keep in touch. And uh, and the way I found out about it, I don't exactly remember. I think that YouTube suggested uh, a video of they uh, they might be giants, Doctor Worm, uh, which uh, nice. caught my eye because it was a really funny animated uh, video, well, with animated parts, and uh, was very crazy. And the song was very crazy. I didn't know that songs could be like this. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I instantly, you know, because that was uh, way before Spotify or anything, I, I torrented their entire dis- discography. Uh, that's how I know uh, when it was uh, uh, when it was the discovery, because uh, it must have been somewhere around uh, where well, 90, uh, 2004, 90. because I, because I know when okay, yeah. because I know what albums I had in the discography, and exactly. Yeah, and uh, started listening more and more to them. Uh, f- at first, they were like a background music to me, but then I realized that uh, hey, those lyrics are really, are really something, and uh, started, you know, listening more, interpreting, and following the what was going on with them. Yeah, and uh, I was uh, the, the my. Did inter- you discover the? Did you discover the wiki that tmbw.net did uh, are you aware of that site and cuz it's been around for a long time. Yes, that was one of the first first things that I uh, discovered and I'm amazed at the amount of nerdom that is put into yeah. uh, like you know there are ta- there are tags that I click and there are all the songs that mention you know like uh, the uh, this uh, uh, this theme or that other theme—that's amazing. Yeah, like Doctor Worm. Like you could click on like animals and how many songs do they have about animals? Like that kind of thing. That's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah. So I found on the wiki here. I'm like, let's see, have they ever played Poland? And then what came up? I'm like, oh, they played in Warsaw. But then I click on it, and it says in 2001, uh, September 5th, 2001, recorded at Warsaw. But that's the name of a performance space <laughs> in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, but it's the Polish national home in the Greenpoint Williamsburg neighborhood of Brooklyn. Oh, good to know. Related, but not in not in <laughs> Poland. But there are uh, there's a recording of that show. So yeah, I'm seeing. I don't know. It's like they tour like Australia a lot and. And Europe, like Western Europe, I don't know. I can't seem to find anything. But so you have not had the opportunity to see them live, then? Oh, I actually had. Um, I went really? to their gig in Manchester uh, a few months ago. Nice. Uh, where I yeah. met uh, first time in my life, I saw real live. Uh, they might be giant fans, and I met. Uh, and I would like to give my greetings and say hello to Yaz and and Casey, whom I met there. And uh, yeah, and uh, it was uh, a really great experience, you know, to see them live, and most importantly, to uh, hear them banter and exchange those uh, those absurd dialogues. (laughs) It's the best. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. So okay. So Warsaw to to Manchester is pretty. Far. I mean, you flew. I, I'd imagine it says in twenty hours you could drive there. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't drive there. I, I flew there, <laughs> and uh, my friend uh, who lives there slept me over. And uh, is that what you say? Slept me over. Uh, let uh, allowed me to host. host let you sleep over. Yeah, <laughs> hosted you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Man, that's cool. Yeah, it was. It was really nice. He showed me 
some of uh, Manchester too, and uh, of course the the gig was amazing. I got uh, I, I blew lots of money on merch, which uh, yeah. know, I wouldn't be able to buy anywhere. Uh, I got a I got a, a hat that said TMBG exactly yes like that. Um, in case you know someone spotted me in the streets and and would be like, hey TMBG yeah TMBG that hasn't happened yet. Oh, bummer. Yeah, the funny thing is that their merch almost never says their full band name. I mean, for one, it's a long band name, but I think they also want to confuse people uh, because I have uh, I have two shirts of theirs. One is a Dr. Worm shirt, and it's a Venn diagram. It's got three circles in the Venn diagram. Have you seen this shirt? Uh, a duck and a guitar and a platypus and stuff like that? No, 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 no. It just has the Venn diagram and words. Nowhere on the shirt does it say they might be giants or TMBG for that matter. It just has lyrics to the song like it has in the different circles. It has um, is a real worm, likes to play the drums, uh, not a real doctor. And uh-huh. then like where they intersect, it says Dr. Worm. It doesn't say they might be giants at all. So like when I have people recognize that shirt, I know they're true fans because it doesn't even say the band name on it. And then my other shirt that I got when I saw them this year uh, has a, a red accordion on it. Uh-huh. You might have seen that one. It has a red accordion, and the accordion just says, they. Uh-huh. So, so, I mean, like, for people to know that band, and I also got a license plate holder for my car that says, my other car is They Might Be Giants. Oh. <laughs> Which makes no sense, and it's amazing. Could have been a boat. Uh, <laughs> right? So, uh, yeah, I can't seem to find that they've played Poland ever. And that seems weird because they've, I mean, they've been a band for 30 years. I mean, it seems like at least like, I guess it would have been before you knew about them, but it seems like during the duo era when they were on a major label that that could have been a possibility, like to do that kind of tour. I'm still looking here. They might be Giants, Poland. I don't think they ever played in my country. Um, but, uh, I was very happy to find that they were touring Europe and, uh, you know, within my reach. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, well, it's, I'm glad you got to see them there. There, there's something else. I, I've decided I need to start seeing them every time they come within reach of me. And I'm only two and a half hours from Chicago. So they're always going to go to Chicago on a U.S. tour. Uh, that's where I grew mm-hmm. up in Chicago. And then Indianapolis, the capital of uh, the state of Indiana, where I'm at, is only an hour away. And they come through there most of the time, too. So, like, I'm not going to skip them at all anymore because I've only seen them three times. And I've been a fan of theirs for, over for like, 25 years. And that's, like, that's not enough times. <laughs> so, let's talk about I've Got a Match um, with... Them having like 700 songs, I can't figure out exactly how many. I'm, I've been trying to piece it together. At least 600 songs because my spreadsheet signing people up for the podcast is currently at 606 rows. So they've got at least 606 songs, and there's I keep finding ones I missed. But out of all of those, how did you pick, when I asked you to be on, how did you pick I've Got a Match off Lincoln? Uh, well, no, no disrespect to Angara much, but I picked it uh, first of all because Birdhouse um, in Your Soul was already taken. <laughs> so, is this your second favorite They Might Be Giants song? Uh, maybe third or fourth. Uh, fourth, hard to tell, but it's like you know, saying which child is your favorite. 
which of your children is your favorite, right? <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, I, I like I like it. Uh, I like uh, Birdhouse in Your Soul because it's so you know optimistic, and you look like uh, like there are cosmic truth truth speaking through uh, through those lyrics. And I like uh, Dead, which is uh, also uh-huh. pessimistic, but uh, also very how how you say it. Um, it stimulates uh, me into action because I don't want to die uh, haven't lived and not uh, having done anything I want to do, right. uh, etc. And uh, I've got a match is a really melancholic piece, uh, which is also a mood, and uh, I embrace it and enjoy it occasionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I I remember when you messaged me, you said so. I sent you the spreadsheet. When I first started making the call out for people to be on this, was that it was actually last April, May. The first two episodes I recorded, uh, the end of the tour, and I've got a fang. I recorded in late May, early June, and then my wife and I we had a baby, and it kind of just sat. And then I finally edited those and launched the thing. But I had been getting people on the spreadsheet way, you know, a lo- long time ago, and. At first, I was like, "Oh, I might have trouble finding people to do this. I'll, you know, I'll just ask my friends and let them pick like four songs." Uh-huh. So then you're looking, you were looking, and you're like, "Oh, Birdhouse is taken." And my friends Kevin and Nate, who are both in a, a band from Wisconsin called Telethon, they wanted to be on them together, and, and they picked, they grabbed up like all these really good ones. And you're like, "Man, Kevin and Nate have really good taste." They picked Birdhouse, Dead, Minimum Wage. Uh, Spider from Apollo 18, <laughs> uh, experimental film off of the spine. There might have been something else. Like, I let them pick a lot. And then now I'm like, I'm getting other people to do it, people that I hadn't met in person. And they're like, oh, that's picked. Oh, that's picked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you should ask your friends to reconsider now that the, the podcast is uh, gaining momentum. And yeah, it really is. Do this, uh, but yeah. Anyway, no, I I understand why they picked it, and I love uh, I love. Uh, yeah. What was the last song uh, you said they 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 picked? Uh, experimental, experimental film. I love it. Uh, yeah, for someone who's in video production, that is a great one. Uh, I love that song, and I'm excited to talk to those guys. But they're always on tour with their band, and I I'm having trouble nailing down a time when uh, I can get them to to do the thing. So I haven't recorded any of those. Like I haven't gotten to record the birdhouse one. So they're hogging all those songs and won't even record the podcast with you. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I, so I've got a match. Um, is from Lincoln. Is Lincoln one of your favorite albums? I mean, it seems like you're, you're maybe leaning towards the duo era, the first four albums. Are you a duo Johns kind of guy? Um, it's hard for me to tell. There are some some of my favorite songs are uh, on the first uh, albums. Like, let me see, let me see on your cheat sheet. Everything right is uh, wrong again. Number three, don't let's start. The, the, those were all amazing, uh, amazing uh, tracks. Uh, but when I heard Doctor Worm, which is uh, which is a band uh, song, isn't it? From a band. Album. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so uh, yeah. obviously, you hear this, and it's uh, it has this great big band feel. And uh, I loved it. That's why I, I, I got interested. So obviously, the band stuff is also also great. And um, I don't really... I, I think that uh, there was... Uh, on one of the podcasts, uh, your co-host uh, had a similar 
philosophy as me uh, that uh, he didn't operate on albums he operated on playlists etc yeah 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 my friend steve yeah he uh, he doesn't buy albums i don't think at all anymore i think he might pay for spotify premium or whatever so but he yeah he mainly makes playlists these days and a lot of the stuff that i've gotten him into i used to make mix cds for my friends like crazy i mean mix used to be mixed tapes and then i was making mix cds and then playlists and spotify playlists and so a lot of the stuff I've gotten him into, including They Might Be Giants, uh, he has just kind of filtered out the songs he doesn't like as much and just kept the ones that he really likes, like I've Got a Fang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I've Got a Fang to I've Got a Match. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I, I was actually pondering yesterday if I've Got a Match it might be a sequel uh, to I've Got a, I've got a, pre- a Fang. A prequel? Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Would that be, oh, that would, uh, it would be a, an, prequel. a prequel. Uh, in the timeline, ah, yeah. oh, that that <laughs> destroys my uh, theory. Uh, but you know, just imagine I've got a fang your embrace and my collapse. You know, like they've already <laughs> he's killed the the parents with his uh, look, monstrous looks, and uh, they they had they still love each other and they have to live together. But she just can't handle him. Uh, you know, the, driving her all their her friends and family <laughs> to insanity. Uh, <laughs> That's, anyway, I like that. That's that. That was my um, uh, that was my <laughs> brain poop from yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I like that. And in listening to in preparation for this episode, just listening to the tracks, and then right after this one is Santa's beard, and it was kind of an appropriate time of year for me to I would listen to I've Got a Match, and then Santa's beard would come on and be like, Hey, Merry Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that fat guy around. Um. Well, regarding Lincoln, I, I like Anna Ein. Uh I like uh, mm-hmm. Lice Till Little Bottle. Sometimes, when, you know, it's time to ponder on the topic of alcoholism. Uh, <laughs> purple to pay. And Kiss Me, Son of God. I'm You know, I can't... Yeah. I can see now that it's not taken yet. And I've been wondering what, the, what, what that song is about. Some people say it's Kim Jong-il. Uh, what do you think? It's Trump's theme song. Trump's Trump theme song. Oh, of course, now it's Trump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's about. <laughs> you you want to claim that song? I'll let you claim another song, man, if you want. I, I'm, I'm. Go ahead, put your name there. I'm looking at you. <laughs> looking at the little box moving around. It's pretty trippy. You're, you're, you're six hours away from me. And you're seeing uh, me clicking around. Time wise, yeah. And I'm seeing your. There's my little. Mine's blue. Yours pink, is pink. <laughs> oh, maybe we can uh, imagine. You know, like invent a video game using those. Uh, yeah, I feel like yeah, <laughs> I feel like we're playing one of those like early two thousands games on a graphing calculator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd be very interested to hear what people have uh, to say about uh, "Kiss Me, Son of God" because uh, so on the one hand, uh, I've read that people say it's about the uh, Kims in North Korea. On the other hand, I thought about it was uh, that it was about uh, you know. Uh, great important uh, business moguls who create business right. empires on the blood of the exploited working class. And, uh, but yes. I mean, it was written in 87, came out in 88. It could still be about the Trumps. I mean, they were they were already moving and shaking in the 80s. Oh, yeah. They, now he's a person in power, and then they were business uh. moguls. Yeah, I'd be that way. Well, um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> And, so, um, uh, yeah, yeah I, well, let, let's talk about the actual uh, music on I've Got a Match. 
the uh, like like we were saying, it's from the Dua era, of course, um, off of Lincoln. And first played in 1987, released on Lincoln in 1988. And the the credits, the lead vocal and the backing vocal is John Linnell harmonizing himself on backing vocals. And he's playing accordion, keyboards, and then Flansburg's playing electric guitar. And then there's the... And they don't ever really credit who comes up with, like, the drum programming, you know, who programs a drum machine. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a pretty sparse arrangement like like without getting into the lyrics what what do you like about the the musical elements of i've got a match mm. well first of all i'd like to imagine that the the drum machine was uh was actually sentient back in that time like a third number <laughs> you know like like bemo in adventure time um but uh well regarding the the, the music itself uh it's it's really hard for me to um, refer to it because I'm not. I, I try to get myself into making music, but uh, I'm. I, I think I'm simply not made for this. Uh, so I, <laughs> I, I just oh, and that and that music that just didn't click when I heard it. I, I it was until not until I heard the lyrics that I knew that this song okay. was great. Uh, but uh, the. The, the song sounds like uh, one of those uh, I don't know, uh, like musical grinders. Uh, some, it reminds me of uh, something very, oh. uh, or like those child stories, uh, children's stories, where you uh, pull the string and it starts playing a. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it does kind of sound like like my my mother in law still has this old Jack in the Box. Oh yeah, is that something that you would right? And when you crank it, it goes. Uh, it plays Pop Goes the Weasel. It goes. Ding, da, ding, da, 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 ding, and like no matter how, like if you crank it faster, ding, da, ding, da, 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 ding, and then the <laughs> fucking clown, horrifying clown pops out, and I like kind of like that, like because it's got that keyboard. It's like it does kind of sound or like a music box. Yes, you know? yes, exactly. Um, like the stuff where it's got like the real, like it's got like a cylindrical thing with the nubs on it. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good description. I mean, I'd call this song a ballad. You know, it's got a very slow. The beat to it is actually kind of like the famous beat to. I'm not sure you're, if you're familiar with the song "Be My Baby" by the Ronettes. Uh, I don't know if you know Phil Spector, like from back in the '60s. The beat is the dun 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 ka dun 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 ka, which is uh-huh. a beat that. Nearly every rock band has used at some point, uh, attributed to the song "Be My Baby" um, from '64. I want to say. Uh, I think so it's, it's, common, it's got that. I think the beat that beat uh, seems to be common in many um, like melancholic love songs, isn't it? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I can't hear, think of any offhand, but uh, yeah, I, I know. Which well, if you're. Uh, I mean, it's been used throughout rock music. Like my one of my other top five bands is the Jesus and Mary Chain. Do you know them? No, sorry. No. Okay. Well, the song "Just Like Honey." Like if you've ever seen the movie Lost in Translation, it's in there. But it starts with that. It was they're Scottish. It was recorded in a a castle in Scotland. Their first album. It's just like boom, 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 ba. You know, it's, it's this huge reverb because it was inside a castle. <laughs> What's the band called again? The Jesus and Mary Chain. Okay. And their first album's called their first album's called Psycho Candy. That's what I'm talking about. 
Just like honey, they're like Scarlett Johansson. You're probably f- aware of. She has sung with them on stage. Sung that song with them. Just like honey. Okay, I'll um, I'll give it a listen. Just like honey. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll drop a clip in here. They're, I mean, they're like basically like a proto like shoegaze band. Like came before a lot of that big fuzzy stuff. Okay, I, just, I found them on YouTube. On YouTube. Ah, okay. Uh, that's a nice song. Uh, was thinking it would make a great mashup uh, in the beginning, but it, yeah, uh, but yeah. It, seriously, someone has probably done that. All the instances of that beat happening uh, put together into one big song. That that would be that would be pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, I was uh, after a while. I, mm, I was listening to this song. I realized that this kind of si- sounds like uh, I've got a match. Is the beginning of a uh, of a movie, and then they work out their differences, set their railroad apartment on fire to get in the car and listen to that song by <laughs> the Jesus and Mary Chain on the radio as they <laughs> drive away and the uh, credits roll. And that's how I, I like imagined that. it. I like that. Okay, so then, so the lyrics drew you to the song. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about that. I love the beginning of this song, especially how, like, it starts like a ballad, and you're like, maybe this is one of the more serious They Might Be Giant songs. And then the third line, he says, get out of the car, put down the phone. And then he says, take off that stupid looking <laughs> hat you wear, which makes me laugh every time because it's just like he sings it kind of tenderly. And then just like insults the person. So uh, what, what, what do you like about the lyrics or what do you make of them? Let's, let's uh, hear what drew you to the song. Uh, well, they touch on the subject of uh, human conflicts and the humans who are close together, but are um, in some way, uh, hostic, toxic to each other. Yeah. And um, I like, I like songs about that, by they might be giants, especially. And uh, take off that stupid-looking hat you wear, rings a bell, <laughs> the same bell that. Uh, why did you grow a beard? Doesn't it? Uh, it's kind of yeah, is yeah, the same. Sure. Um, the same. How do you call it? <laughs> resentment. Um, sure. And uh, what uh, every time every time I hear the, the next two lines, I'm gonna die if you touch me one more. T- time well i guess that i'm going to die no matter what it's uh mm-hmm. it breaks my heart every time i hear it uh seriously it's uh but at those about at the same time it gives uh like it's uh the first spark of optimism in that song um like there's a there's a movie called talk radio where uh i don't know who who plays him but there's a uh howard uh stern type radio uh, host who, uh-huh. who hosts a very controversial uh, radio show and uh, people uh, send him mail, uh, call him an insult all the time and he's just had it with them and at some point he uh, starts uh, going to on a rant about the humanity uh, and uh, basically that uh, they that they are unbearable, that people are unbearable but uh, when he calms down he says I guess we're stuck with each other. And that huh. reminds me of that moment in that movie. I'm going to die. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now on Wikipedia. I've, n- I've never seen this movie. It's uh, uh, directed by Oliver Stone. Uh, the the radio person, the character is Barry Champlain. Champlain uh, and he's played by um, 
Eric uh, Bogosian, I guess how you pronounce it, who looks familiar, but I'm not really too familiar with him. Now, Alec Baldwin is also in that movie. Uh, I should so sh- should I check this movie out? You recommend it? Uh, I I do. Yes, it's uh, if I want to be touching. depressed. <laughs> well, not <laughs> yeah, okay. not really. It has a it, it's kind of like like a they might be giants song in that uh, regard. But it's not uh, entirely depressive and, it's, and not entirely optimistic. Uh, sure. So yeah, sure. Uh, check it out if you want. Uh, cool. But yeah. Uh, but what puzzles me is that the uh, chorus, love people are there. I mean, I'm not, English is obviously not my uh, first language, <laughs> but this, yeah. what is, uh, what, what's with the grammar? Is that yeah. proper grammar? <laughs> no, I, I've, I've, you know, I misunderstood the lyrics for years just because I think my brain wanted to turn it into something that made more sense. Uh-huh. Um, like I think I used to think he was saying like I love people that are here or something like that. I can't remember what I used to think it was, but yeah, love people are there doesn't really make any sense. Maybe it's missing a comma. It love comma people are there are are there like are over there. Love people are there. It it is very odd, and it could be like John Linnell, and I can't cite any specific interview, but I remember hearing him say in an interview that uh, that writing lyrics to him, w- despite his lyrics being very smart um, and insightful, he he claims that lyrics are just a manner of conveying a melody. So it's almost like he doesn't really care what he's singing as long as he can sing the notes and rhythms that he wants to sing. Like, So I, I'm guessing as a keyboardist, like I often will write, when I write a song, will plunk out the melody on the keyboard just because like a piano is a good way to kind of look at like how the notes are jumping up or down. Um, and I'm guessing that he might write the melody just as an instrumental and then put words to it later. So maybe he just had that melody like, and maybe he had the line, the smell of love is everywhere, which is a really good line. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, well, I need something to fill the spot before that. It needs to rhyme with everywhere. And he's like, it's it's like a a bitter love song. So like, it's got to have the word love in it. So love people are there. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And I... I was thinking that before we talked on the phone. I'm like, I wonder what he's going to make of that line because I don't know what to make of that line. And English is my first language. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm it's relieved. a weird line. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a language barrier thing. It is just a weird, weird phrasing or something. Yeah. Well, it it's... conveys an emotion. Like it's got the word love. Like I love people. People are there. The smell of love is everywhere. Like it conveys a feeling without even totally making sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, yeah, it works. It works even though not on a conscious level, I think. And uh, I would. It's fun to sing, though. Yeah, exactly. It's you know, and and he if he just needed uh, any placeholder, I'm glad that he used that. Love people are there, and not you know, uh, go sleep with a bear or something like that. Um, <laughs> I love people and bears. <laughs> some people are bears. Um, yeah, sure, yeah. If you're into that. Uh, <laughs> you think it's always sensitive and good. You think that I want to be understood. So the guy wants to be misunderstood. There's interesting lyrics here. 
Yeah, that's actually um, been uh, a puzzle for me until I. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I think I kind of solved it, or I got a theory, a hypothesis. About okay. What it? Yeah, means. let's hear it. Uh, it's about a dysfunctional relationship where uh, one person is sort of a, an emotional burden to the other. I think what uh-huh. those two lines convey is that um, that person. Uh, it's none of your. He says it's none of your business why I'm so crappy to you. It is my business to figure <laughs> out why I'm so crappy to you. <laughs> I like that you phrased that perfectly. I uh, yeah 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 yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, so yeah. the line. Yeah, you know, it's got to be a whole different level of like figuring songs out when when it's not your your first you know the language that you've learned as a kid like coming on when did you learn did they teach you english in elementary school or what when did you how old were you when you learned uh i started learning in elementary school and i'm still learning it uh so uh, it's a work in progress it's a weird language all of them are weird (laughs) that that's true but like english is really known for like having rules and then breaking them often uh so, like, the way that the Johns play with, you know, like, the, the wordplay and, like, puns and uh, rhyme schemes and stuff like that, like, must really make it difficult on uh, non-native speakers. Um, it's a whole other level of figuring out a song. Like, uh, for example, yeah. the the key line, I've got to match your embrace and my collapse, what does what do those lines mean mean to you? Uh, until recently, I thought that, well, of course, I realized that this was uh, also a pun because I've got a match. I can have a, you know, like physical match to set things on fire. Uh, but right. uh, I can also uh, have, and what I understood uh, before was that I've got a match. Uh, I heard I've got to match. Like I, I need to uh, match yeah. those two phenomena, your embrace and my collapse to make them work. And uh, th- same here, man. Same here. And, and, you know, and then I realized today how stupid that was that I thought that I was like, I've gotta. Right. Well, there, there's that too, but like, I've got a match where the title is, I've got a match. And for some reason I would think that too, like, oh, I, I've got to match your embrace with my collapse. Like I have to make my collapse as passionate as your embrace. Ah, but I'm like, wait, it's not. <laughs> Right, but like that totally like takes the 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 title line. I've got a match. It's not I've got a match. It's I've got a match. Not I I've got to match. I've got a match. So that really doesn't make any sense. But it's uh. So the schoolyard taunt. It was not something I was familiar with until I I looked on the wiki and I'm like I've never heard this taunt. And I don't know if you had the yeah. So they're saying. The, the trivia, like right in the trivia on the wiki, which usually some of them start as interpretations, and then if enough people agree with the interpretation, they'll put it onto the main page in the trivia. It says, the line, I've got a match, colon, your embrace and my collapse, is a play on words of the schoolyard taunt, I've got a match, your face and my ass. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Neither have I, obviously, but I, I read about it yesterday, and I felt so stupid for... Uh giving it so much depth, but uh, at the same time, okay, I've got three meanings for the, for that line. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, tell us, tell us about what you, tell us about what you find. Cause that wasn't really my focus when I was 
researching this, but I, I'd, I'd like to know, like, was it something more from like the 60s and 70s when they were growing up on the East? Is it an East Coast thing or is it a 60s and 70s insult that kind of like disappeared by the time I was a kid? What, what did you find there? Anything interesting? Like in the schoolyard taunt? Yeah, like the history of the taunt. Is that? <laughs> I didn't. Did I, I'm sorry to say that I didn't do any research on it because I. Uh, oh, frankly, I thought you were saying you did. I've. Uh, <laughs> I'm. I think I'm going to use it from now on, but uh, maybe <laughs> I will do some uh, research later on. But it's good to know that there is such a thing. Well, even if there well, isn't, just... if someone made it up, it's good to know that someone made it up. Well, it's right on the main page of the wiki. Like, like users of the wiki are agreeing. Like, oh yeah, oh it's got to be that. I I used to say that out on the playground all the time. Hey jerk, I've got a match. You're facing my ass. What? What? And then the first thing that comes up, I googled just now. I've got a match. Taunt. And then the first thing that comes up is a Reddit link. What is your taunting etiquette regarding the video game Smash Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> What? But then it doesn't have like it doesn't say that anyone said that. I would love to see that like some people playing an online video game saying that to each other. <laughs> that would be one of the nicest things that people say to each other online right. while playing games. Right. There's no racial slurs in that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ah. Well, yeah, that gave a whole new perspective. Like, what if the I've got a mature embrace and my collapse? It's uh, sort of like put down the phone take of that stupid hat you wear, but in reverse. Like uh, you start uh, with something that's supposed to insult someone, uh, but then you realize that you're two people and have you know those different qualities and feelings, and uh, uh, and it also the, the meaning evolves into um, those two match actually, even though it's counterintuitive that the meaning right, right. that the. the, the wreck of a person and uh, you the angel of a uh, of a lovely lovely soul uh, are actually you know can work can make it work and make it match yeah 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 that's great man just yeah just talking that's why uh, one, another reason i love doing this podcast is just like talking through you know kind of like spitballing ideas talking through uh hypotheses and such on these lyrics like helps me like them even more because because yeah your your whole hypothesis about you know someone being an emotional burden i think is how you put it really makes sense with that line like someone is they're just they're collapsing constantly they're just like an emotional wreck and then this other person has got this passionate embrace so yeah like these two people but they somehow match and they make a couple it's a lovely love like song it. yeah yeah, definitely. So another big thing I wanted to talk about is that um, I had no idea that this was the case, but apparently they haven't played this song live since 1989. Yeah, like 29 years ago. Mm-hmm. How is that possible? Like, I'm looking. Did you did you find that fact as well? Uh, yeah, I found out I found out about it as soon as I uh, looked at the wiki page, and uh, there it was. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm surprised too, but uh, not too much if you take into account that they didn't have that many songs back there, not as much as now to right. choose from. And uh, it's such a great song and uh, must be, you know, I imagine the lights getting dimmer on the stage and uh, only, you know, a guitar and maybe an accordion. And uh, yeah. they play this passionate, uh, like, 
almost like a gypsy uh, song, which has you know the, the the passion and the destruction and the love and uh, and hate in it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, people must have, and they might have uh, grown tired of it. I can understand that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's kind of what they're saying. I like that you said gypsy song that because when you put that in my head, it does think have almost like a gypsy or like a flamenco kind of rhythm. Like you can imagine, like flamenco dancers dancing to it now. Like I never thought you just put that in my head just now. Anyway, um, what's what's weird though is that yeah, you're right. They wouldn't have had as many songs back then, but I think they were also already playing some songs live that wouldn't come out for a long time. Like, I actually need to let you hear uh, the Dial a Song version of this song, um, which I don't think even the wiki knows the exact dates of when these were on their answering machine. But there's a bootleg called uh, "The Power of Dial a Song." And this is actually on the power of dial a song two is the the demo dial a song for I've Got a Match, um, and then uh, there are two hours worth of songs that are all from the eighties, and you've got songs. Well, I'll send you this link right now. Like this uh, power of dial a song two, the wiki thinks that the the bootleg came out in nineteen ninety four, but all this stuff is definitely from the eighties, and it's got songs from. Lincoln, but it's also got songs that wouldn't appear till even like John Henry. So there were some songs that were kind of sitting for years in demo form before they finally made it to an album. So I'm going to, should I send you this in, in Facebook Messenger? Please do. Okay. Okay, so I listened to it. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. What do you think? The, the official album version, uh, of course, apart from the wind noise. Um, <laughs> apart from, I uh, when I first heard that the lyrics, uh, like a reverse echo, uh, a lyric first, and then the, uh, the actual lyrics coming up with a delay uh, being more clear. I thought that they were doing this thing they do. Uh, in, in songs, like one person starts singing and then the other person starts singing while after. I don't want, know what's it, what's it called in English. Um, it's kind of, I mean, I guess you'd call it a round. Uh, okay. Or a can or, or canon. It's in canon. Oh, yeah. Can- they okay, do so that, like, yeah, yeah. They love doing it. Even on like, like on nanobots, like the background vocal starts before the main vocal. You know, it's like grow the nanobot, grow the nanobots. It's the same kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but then again, that might have been just uh, uh, recording on a poor quality tape bleeding uh, on the on, on that spool. 
uh, to, yeah, to, yeah. To, to, you know, to a previous time. So we'll never know. But what's interesting is that when I first heard about Dial a Song, I thought, what an... Um, what a horrible idea. What a way to listen to, 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 to music. You know, you have to call a single line that is connected to an answering machine and then experience uh, this uh, telephone quality music. That's not, that's no way to listen to music. But uh, uh-huh. uh, with time, I grew uh, more uh, aware of that, uh, you know, uh, scars uh, and bruises build character and that all those right. things that uh, make uh, some used to make me think that it sounds worse. It actually, this is the way it's supposed to be experienced with wind blowing on a payphone recorded <laughs> on an even worse tape, uh, tape using a, you know, a, a voice recorder. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I actually, I actually am lucky enough to have been a fan oh. for long enough to have actually called dial a song when it was still a tape. Really? Uh, yeah, back in the '90s, and I didn't call often because it was a long distance call. I mean, they're they're, um, you know, I was in the Chicago area, and you know, the answering machine is in Brooklyn, in New York City, and the um, their <laughs> their little slogan for it was, "It's a free call if you call from work." And like, <laughs> I think I actually <laughs> did call. I, I think I actually did call from a job once. Uh, I didn't get in trouble for it, but uh, I think I probably could have. And uh, I, but I remember calling from home, and I may have called it. I mean, only a handful of times. It was often busy because people do call this number. Fans would call this number and listen, and it was really hard to get through because it was just a single line, single telephone line, a landline. You know, it wasn't. It's not a cell phone voicemail. So, like, I'm calling, and I would you would get a busy signal, like like ninety percent of the time. Yeah, I only got through a couple of times. I only got through a couple of times. I don't remember what song I heard or if it's one that even made it to an album because a lot of the songs, they've kind of been dumped over the years or they'd sit and like they'd eventually make it into a real song. So whatever it was that I heard, I forgot long ab- about long ago. Uh, but I think listening to that dial-a-song version, it, it's hard to make out with all the, the background noise. I do find that it, it is kind of... Uh, cool like i like some lo-fi music and hearing them in this state is kind of cool with how like slick their productions are now hearing them like this it really is like man that was a long time ago Mm -hmm. and it was and it's hard to tell if all the keyboard lines are in there like it definitely has the drum machine i think the drum machine is a little more simplified like a lot of the old dial a song versions like it might just be like bass drum and snare drum like dun 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 ka but no like no like fake hi-hat or tambourine or anything like that uh, and then the keyboard lines, it definitely has the bum 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 bum. I mean, that's a pretty key part, well, but it might be missing. The, I think it might be missing the accordion. I think it might be missing the accordion, and it's missing. It's definitely a rougher vocal. Like it's definitely not the album version. Um, it's 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 performed like the album version, but it's missing some of the the bells and whistles, the whistles and bells, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's really hard to, you know, the accordion or more uh, complex uh, drum lines might be there, but they, uh, you know, are obscured by the, the quality of the recording. So we'll never, it sounds similar anyway. It's definitely recognizable. Yeah. It's not like uh, right. a stock of wheat, which I've heard that, uh, you know, answering mm. machine version and the album version, uh, they are uh, they are different interpretations uh, slightly. 
yeah, I've always been a big fan of accordion. I actually have one of my 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 Polish Lithuanian grandfather, um, my mom's dad played accordion, and I've got three of his accordions. They are all um, folk style accordions, so like they don't have a piano side. Mm-hmm. They just have uh, like what look like shirt buttons, basically diatonic and tritonic accordions. Mm-hmm. Only one of them is in good enough shape to play, and the other two are. Um, decoration basically <laughs> but i've recorded songs with my grandpa's accordion and then i later bought a piano accordion so I've, I have two working accordions and then two more that are just decoration um so let's get into the cover section because it is getting pretty late at night for you uh do you do you uh, uh tomorrow uh, do, you don't work tomorrow do you <laughs> no <laughs> you know, no unfortunately not um, okay that's good we can talk <laughs> i have time okay uh, well, so i've got a couple covers I can narrow them down if you, if you think you need to wrap it up soon, but I think we could probably just do the cover section in about 10 minutes and call it a day. Does that sound okay? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, you just let me know if you want to wrap it up. But here's one I thought was recorded pretty well, and this is a newer cover. I just sent you the link there. I've got a match, and this guy goes by the, the oh-so-clever name, PhD Worm. Oh. <laughs> And this was this was released, uh, I guess, go, uh, nearly two years ago. Hi, my okay. name is PhD Worm, and I release a brand new song every Wednesday. And it's this uh, bigger bearded dude, split screen, doing the guitar track and then doing a vocal track. So to take like, uh, give that like a listen through the chorus and see what you think. I will. That's uh, by the way, that's one of those um, occurrences of uh, you know. PhD worm, uh, no one else, but they might be Giants fans, would understand that, right? Right. That's a cold, <laughs> cold word. Yeah, yeah. It's basically like a way to like be like, are you a true fan? You know, do you do you really know they might be Giants? Well, do you know the secret handshake? <laughs> right. Get out of the car. Put down the phone Take off that stupid looking hat You wear I'm gonna die If you touch me one more time Well I guess that I'm gonna die That's that's really pretty. The PhD worm has a really nice singing voice. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm not a huge fan of the like split screen video thing. I don't know if it's like my band Outdoor Valor, like we're a five piece now, but we were a duo for a long time and I would on the records, like we were They Might Be Giant style, like on the on the records I would play drums, guitar, keyboards, including accordion sometimes. 
uh, and my wife would play bass, and then we would both sing. And then when we would play live, we would use um, basically my drum tracks from the album through the PA system, like a backing track. You know, it wasn't a drum machine. It was m- me drumming from the album. Uh, and then I would play guitar, and my wife would pl- play bass. And so I can play a lot of instruments. I mean, I went to school for music, and I teach music, and I teach a lot of different instruments. So I could myself make these fancy, like, split-screen things and have me playing, like, six instruments and put them all together in a video. But to me, it's kind of like, ooh, look at me. Like, almost it's like bragging in a way. It's like... Look at how cool I am. Look at this gear I've got. I don't know. So like like I'd almost prefer if it just showed him playing guitar and singing it or just singing it. I don't know. I don't know why that bugs me, but it does sound good. I think he over emotes on the vocals a little bit. Like he kind of he kind of makes him emo in a way. Do you guys have emo there in Poland? Uh no, we don't. We only have polar bears and the moon is a square. <laughs> of course we have emo in Poland. <laughs> Thanks to the internet. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if you had emo in the late 80s like we did. Well, not really, but it's been, uh, it, there's been a fab um, for, for It's emo. permeated, yeah. 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 And, and uh, I, he doesn't make an emo song, but he's like, the smell, like he really, and then he's like looking at the camera. He's like, am I getting a good angle here? Like something about the video. I like the audio. And it'll sound good when I rip the audio and drop it in. But something about the video, I'm just like, dude, okay, quit hamming it up. <laughs> but I, I like his take. And it sounds good. And he's got an orange amplifier, orange brand, which I also have. And I think the guitar sounds really good. So I'm going to send you a piano cover now. And this guy goes by the name Astral B. And Astral B has already been on two episodes. At least by the time this comes out, he'll have been on a couple. Uh, he's a really good piano player. So give that a little listen. It definitely isn't as good as the um, as PhD Worms version. <laughs> right, right, right. It's it's just like his. He set his phone or his laptop there near the piano while he played it. It sounds very dial a song, which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, in a way. Yeah, I like that. He's a great piano player. He is. I like that. Uh, I like that version, and I like uh, the tempo being faster than the previous one because the the, the PhD Worms version was slightly dragging, in my opinion. And that song it isn't, <laughs> it isn't, you know, it, I, I, I don't think, it just doesn't resonate uh, uh, well with me uh, because I forget the previous line when he sings the next one. And this one uh, is, is, you know, mm. is faster like the, like the original. And yeah, uh, those are some 
nice piano skills. Of course, I wouldn't know anything about it because I don't play myself, but uh, I'm in awe. Anyway, yeah, p- piano piano is one of those instruments that like I'll play it at school, but when I like I prefer to play guitar at school with my elementary classes because piano is something I really. I need to work at like there's a lot of instruments that I can play pretty easily. Trombone was my first instrument, uh, drums, guitar, but piano. Like I had to take it in college, and I had to pass all these tests like to get a music ed degree, and it nearly killed me. So I am in awe of just how effortlessly he plays it. And I love my favorite part is that he kind of stays up on like he's on like the middle range keys when he's in the verse, but when it gets to the chorus, like he hits these low bass notes on the piano, just like ja 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 ja, and it sounds really cool. Ah, you notice things like that, man. I didn't even pay attention to that. <laughs> ah, you're right. Yeah, I'm an I'm a nerd like that. I've also been a music journalist, quote unquote. This podcast is hosted through punknews.org, and I've written reviews for them since 2002. So I, I write about music a lot today. These days, I prefer to talk about it on a podcast because it's easier to talk about it than to form nice sentences on the written page. <laughs> <laughs> so good job, Astral B. So now here's another one. Uh, this one is pretty cool. This is from Chicago just about three years ago. Uh, it's a trio. Here, let me put the link in there. It's a trio, uh, two acoustic guitars, and a cello live on stage at the hideout in Chicago. Okay, here we go. like this a lot <laughs> yes it's really um i love how they harmonize on uh you know a lot of people are there yeah 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 you got the two guys on guitar harmonizing and then you've got a woman playing cello this is robbie folks and justin roberts which is the two guys obviously they don't give credit to their cellist um but she covers that that keyboard line really nicely it sounds really good on cello yeah, I was surprised that uh, she didn't cut any corners with that uh, no. melody. Yes. I'm a big fan of cello. That was my, my sister's first instrument was cello. Uh, so I'm going to send you another cover of... Um, okay, this is a woman who goes by Little Spiral, and you're going to want to skip to about 35 seconds in because she talks. This is from April 2016. 
I think when Facebook introduced their Facebook Live feature where you could just like stream the video. So she's like, I'm going to try this Facebook Live thing. And she talks for a little while. But if you skip to about 38 seconds, she starts the song, actually. So <laughs> this only has 55 views. Suzanne Yada, Yada goes by Little Spiral. That's uh, that. That cover is really something. That's like a. Does <laughs> that mean you didn't like it? Oh no! It, it doesn't mean that at all. It's just so different. Even though it yeah. it has a slower tempo, it's like a lounge version of uh, of the song, which is that I, I would. It's unexpected. It's unexpe- yeah. That's why. That's why I picked it. I I I kind of thought of it as like an Adele version, where like I was thinking Mariah Carey. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's like an American Idol singer type version where you're going to like put in all these extra notes, like be, like little, like make it fancier in the vocal line. Like her keyboard's pretty basic. She's definitely a vocalist uh, more than a keyboardist, but she's got a really good voice. Um, but definitely takes it in a whole different direction. Like an American Idol, like The Voice, like one of those competition singing shows. Almost, I kind of liked it. <laughs> oh yeah, it kind of has that vibe. Yeah. She's got a thing at the end there where she talks more at the end, and I hadn't watched it. I just skipped ahead. And she says hi to Derek, whoever that is. But then she's talking about, like, oh, I got this show coming up. And she says something about a piano fight. Like, I'm wondering if it's a gig where, like, two pianists, like, have a duel on dueling pianos. Piano battle. (laughs) Piano fight. I've only got one more cover for you, and this is a guy who, once you listen to the Alienations for the Rich episode, which was the most recent to post, this guy, Willie Pat Chuss, he plays Alienation for the Rich uh, pretty decently on that episode, and here I found him playing I've Got a Match as well, and I like it. He's got a acoustic guitar capoed up on the second fret. Uh, give that a quick listen. Die if you touch me one more time. 
Yeah, I, I do too. It kind of, it kind of has a, a Bob Dylan kind of vibe if you went to like voice sure. emission classes. Uh, so uh, I, I'm the, the 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 guitar melody is surprising to me because uh, that uh, piano line uh, is almost uh, like I imagine it being I, I like I said I'm a complete ignoramus regarding making music but <laughs> I imagine it play, play, playing on single strings each each song like more of a uh, uh, arpeggio rather than a chord um, right. But, but yeah, that that version is uh, like a like a good uh, like you have a campfire and all the couples that fi- start fighting and then they cool down and you play <laughs> that song. That would be really cool. <laughs> I like these little stories you build around it. It's it's uh, it's great. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's that's all I got for you to hear on the covers section. So yeah, I definitely think you should be on another episode because I, I like these uh, these narratives that you. You're a very creative-minded guy, and if if you don't if you don't write stories, you should write some some fiction. I think you got a good storytelling ability because on the spot you're coming up with this little narrative about uh, couples fighting around the campfire and then singing a song. I like. <laughs> I think you should be on another episode so you can spin some more uh, tales for me. Oh, thank you. I'd love to. Yeah, man. So so get, think about it. There's a lot of songs to choose from. So take your time and pick another one. And uh, we can uh, we can find a time to to have you talk in the middle of the night again, or I can talk in the middle of the night the next time. <laughs> oh, we'll see. That time is actually uh, really good for me because I don't think that I would come up with, with those stories you enjoyed uh, at, at any other time. Um, and I'm really <laughs> without an to... energy energy drink. <laughs> exactly. Two actually. Uh, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm I'm really happy to hear that uh, you. Uh, well, the, this podcast—I'm uh, very honored and thank you for for having me on your podcast. And uh, I'm glad to hear that um, the, the the fact that I'm from such an exotic country isn't the only reason. No, of course not. Uh, so thank you, and I, I really like yeah. your podcast. And going to, and I'm going to tune in uh, more often. People listening, head over to Patreon.com if you wanna convince. Uh, yeah, help me continue wasting time away from my wife and child to do this podcast. Greg, am I hearing correctly? Are you offering to uh, to, uh, destroy your family life for only $5 (laughs) per person a month? (laughs) Usually I record after they've gone to bed. This is, you know, it's only five in the evening for me and she's, my daughter's still awake. Usually they're already asleep, but talking to someone in Poland, I had to, to, and now my dog is going nuts upstairs. <laughs> uh, so I think that that's my cue to exit. But yeah, I really appreciate you being on, not just for like giving some diversity to the podcast. I'm I'm hoping to get a lot more worldly. I mean, in this age we live in, Facebook, you know, we can just have a video call across the world. Like it's pretty amazing. And it's awesome to hear your story about how someone where you're at, you know, in the late 90s, how you found a band like they might be giants and became a fan. It's really Really interesting. But yeah, you had great insights on the song. So definitely uh, you've got the link to that spreadsheet. So go ahead and pick another song and, you know, in a couple of weeks or something, we can do it again. Yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I had uh, lots of fun talking to you and recording it. Thank you.
Same, same. Uh, so I guess that will do it for this episode. The only last thing I need from you is to score this song on one to ten. How would you score I've Got a Match by They Might Be Giants? And you can use decimals in between anything like that from one to ten. Ten being Dr. Worm for me. That's the only ten I've given so far. <laughs> and it's Dr. Worm. Well, in my case, well, I think... For me, it's, for me, it's a ten. Okay. Uh, ten, ten, ten would be birdhouse in your soul, but uh, then again, you okay. know, uh, ra- uh, rating children, okay, rating my children. Yep, yep, uh, it's 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 subjective. So, oh man, I don't. Uh, <laughs> well, I think it's a, um, it's a seven or eight, seven and a half. Um, okay, but um, it, you know, it's it's really, I, I you know, there are websites that let you uh, rate movies. Uh, where movie buffs right. go to and they put, uh, you know, some uh, a number out of 10 stars for a movie. And I right. never understood it because how can you honestly do that <laughs> with, <laughs> with any work of art? Uh, so, yeah, like, you know, like, I like the 60, uh, Sistine Ch- Chapel, like, you know, but, uh, but uh, the, <laughs> say, the whole St. Peter's Square, the architecture, you know, it's a, a seven, a week seven. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's great. I like that. Yeah. I I I saw Big Ben. I give it a 6.5. It's all right. <laughs> that that's that's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. London Bridge. It's falling down from what I hear. 2.5. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay so you so so what did you decide on there? A 7 or an 8 or what do you you got to pick, man? Okay, let's say well, just just for fun. It's just for fun. Okay, okay. No one's getting shot or anything. Um, so can't promise that. So I'd say eight. I'd say eight. It's a it's a really great song. Yeah, I'm gonna go with an eight as well. I think it's the first time I've exactly. I've got a match. I gave it an eight, and you gave it an eight. It's it's a great song, and I I think I almost rate it higher based on the fact that they never play it. It makes me want to hear them play it live. There was a guy in Reddit I found that claims they played it around two, 2010, but the wiki says they haven't played it since 1989. So who's right there? Was that guy just really drunk at the show and he thinks they played it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, maybe it's Mandela effect. Have you heard about it? Maybe he's from a different timeline. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he traveled back into the past and he thought it was 2010, but it was 1989. So uh, with that... I think I'm going to bid you adieu. How do you say? Uh, how do you say good evening or good night in uh, in Polish? Good night is dobranot. All right. Well, dobranot. 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 Exactly. <laughs> All righty. Cool. Is great. I can tell that you've had experience with other crazy languages. <laughs> crazy languages indeed okay man i will uh talk to you on the next episode and thanks again thank you thank you for having me uh, have a good one you too so that'll do it for another episode of this might be a podcast please find us on twitter at this might be a pod like us on facebook facebook.com slash this might be a podcast email us your thoughts about this episode this might be a pod at gmail.com And leave us a voicemail. I like playing voicemails on the show. Our number is 224-801-2930. It's a free call if you call from work. 
I've got a match here. Embrace in my collapse. Have a good one. Sure.